Um, I'm going to invite Brick Carley to come on up. He's going to introduce a little bit of what we're going to be doing this morning, and then uh, and then I'll jump in. So, thanks, Matt. There you go. I'm I'm being timed. <laughs> Good morning, as Matt said. I'm Brick Carley. I'm an elder here at uh, Roswell Community Church, and currently I am uh, chairman of the elder board. Now. Um, I have been told that when I get up here and talk, it's a little serious. <laughs> and I'm a little somber. And that even by my wife, I've been told I need to lighten up. <laughs> so I just, I was even told I was to tell a joke. But I think that was it. There was a lot of it. A lot of instruction here, okay? They're worried about me getting up front. Um, but uh, I just want to let you know, there's no joke, but I am a fun guy. <laughs> okay? Just keep Rick Carley, fun guy. Now, uh, I, but I am encouraged, enthused, and excited about what we have this morning. Over the last year or so, we have come to you and brought you updates on the teaching, on the staffing, on the uh, financial status of RCC. But we have something entirely different this morning, um, and it's not just information. Uh, we are bringing you a refined vision, mission, and direction for RCC. It's grown out of God's leading and testing us, all of us, over the last year or so. So I urge you to give this discussion your full attention. And I want you to prayerfully engage with what is being said, both today and tomorrow, and then as God leads us forward. It's our fervent hope and desire that Roswell Community Church reflect what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We desired RCC to act as a compass to point to the true north of Jesus Christ for those who believe in him and also for the lost souls in the world around us. And that through our community, Christ is evident in each member to each other and to our neighbors. Mm. So give Matt your full attention this morning as we walk through this. Thank you. Thanks, Brick. And, and Brick, thanks, thanks for the joke. I just want to say, I know you didn't believe me, but it's true. Um, I've said it many times, we have an amazing board of elders and um, incredibly, incredibly grateful. Uh, Roswell Community Church is... Um, is an incredibly beautiful church. 
Uh, there is no doubt that we certainly are not perfect. We have our foibles and our warts. Um, we are made up of ragamuffins of every size and shape, of every age and stage. Um, we have a checkered. We have checkered histories here. We have current struggles. And Lord willing, we'll also be of maybe a little bit broader set of colors and cultures in the years to come. So we're not perfect. We certainly, certainly haven't arrived at anything. But Roswell Community Church is a beautiful church. It is a beautiful place. Sometimes it takes a crisis to see something for what it really is. It takes the, uh, the prospect of losing something or someone to really get a sense of how precious and beautiful they really are. Or it really is. It's been a year since we experienced a time of real and tangible upheaval in our church. Some through our leadership staff and the transition of Matthew, and some as the composition of what our church was made up of changed. This last spring was a time of uncertainty, of sometimes instability, and certainly sometimes lack of clarity. I remember one particular elder meeting. We all sat there, and with a very earnest heart, at the end of September, February, sorry, of last year, and looked at each other and said, okay, do we still believe that God is on mission at RCC? And I'm not playing with you when I said that there was a long pause. There was a, a deep, reflective moment of wait. But then to a man, we all said, yes, yes, I do. I do believe I'm convinced that this season of reflection and evaluation has been really important for all of us. I know that, that some, if not many, if not maybe all of you, have had to walk yourself through the reality of choosing to have this be your church home in the future. Uh, myself, even uh, one of the core focuses of my sabbatical this past summer was for me to come before God and ask him tangibly and specifically, what does he have for me in my future in relation to Roswell Community Church? And although the, this the whole process was significant and challenging, I personally received one of the clearest and irrefutable calls from God that I've ever had in my entire life. An invitation, a call to lead Roswell Community Church into the future. So I'm all in. Now, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is, um, is Genesis chapter 22. It's a significant passage because it's the, it's the moment in which God calls Abraham to take his son, the son of the promise, the one that he'd been waiting for for, for 25 years from the moment of the promise, and then now he's a teenager, and he tells him, I want you to take him up a mountain, I want you to lay him down on an altar, and I want you to sacrifice him. Now, I want to say something here. God did not tell Abraham to go up a mountain so that Abraham could show God that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. God sent Abraham up the mountain to show Abraham that Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, that he would trust God and God alone for all things, regardless of how fearful or uncertain it would be. Part of this past year for me, and I know it's been true for our elders and for I think some, if not many of you, has been a walk up a mountain. And for some of us laying RCC down on an altar, and it's been good. Because what it's shown us, what we now know, is that without a doubt, RCC and we belong to God and to God alone. 
That's good news. Now, anytime there's this kind of a, a defining moment or, or a significant challenge like we experienced, it creates another kind of opportunity, a good opportunity, a unique moment to be able to start looking at and clarifying and evaluating and looking intently And what are we about? And it protects us from a sense of status quo that otherwise potentially could have just gone on. And that's exactly what we've done. We've invested time and energy over the course of this past season in in refining our mission, like Brick said, our processes and our practices. We've adopted an expanded and unifying faith statement so that we can be united around something clear and deep. We evaluated our staff leadership and our, our structure of how we, how we accomplish our mission. We've, we've even processed the reality of needing more deacons and, and moving in the process of growing that group. We've even got a bunch of feedback from you all. 167 of you filled out the survey, which is 65% of pretty much everyone who comes on a regular basis. So well done. Um, so we got to hear a ton of stuff from you guys, your perspective, your likes, dislikes. And then we trimmed $100,000 from our budget. So that's something too. 2016 was a year, I tell you. It was a year that God wanted to bring about the kind of stabilization, evaluation, and clear refining to us. That was 2016. But it's 2017 now. And it's time to move forward. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to move forward? What is, what is the vision and the implications of Rosal Community Church being on mission where he's put us, with who he's given us. That's what we're talking about today. So RCC is on mission. Yes, I know, we're smack dab in the middle of a series of life on mission. Check it out, we use the same graphics, double up. So we'll be back. We're going to be talking about life on mission again next week. But we want to take a moment and say, what is, what is Roswell Community Church on mission look like? So let me take you to our mission statement. It says, our mission at Roswell is to glorify God by pursuing gospel transformation through Jesus Christ. Now, I know what you're thinking. Those you've been around, you're going, that looks familiar. And it is familiar. Honestly, everything from our previous mission statement is still in there. Some things have been trimmed out. But one of the most significant shifts we've made is, you may notice, is we've actually moved it from gospel transformation to the glory of God to to glorify God. That's one of the things that we learned this year as we started talking through what is the purpose of the church? If you remember what the catechism tells us, in catechism question four, it says, how and why did God create us? Now, I know you've been reviewing your catechism, right? So, I, I, but I'll say it this time. God created us male and female in his own image to know him, love with him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. Do you know what the purpose of your life as a Christian is? To live to the glory of God. And and therefore, the purpose of the church, the gathered collection of believers, is to glorify God. This, everything that's happening right now, including everything that's going to happen this afternoon and for the rest of your life, is actually about Him. And it is essential that that not be secondary. And so for us, we needed to slide it to the front. Our purpose, our entire reason for existence is to glorify God. And we glorify God in one of the most fundamental ways, or if not the most real way, 
by becoming different people, by being transformed into the image of Christ. Our church life verse, which by the way, if you don't have a life verse, you can borrow this one for a while until you know, God leads you to one. But uh, this is 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is an amazing verse. It says, we all, we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I just want to pull three, three things out of this before we get into some of the specifics about vision um, that, that I think are so pivotal. There's more. This passage, like, we could spend a week, I mean, like, literally a series on this passage, but I want to pull three key things out. Gospel transformation is the way in which we glorify God. And this passage tells us three things. It says that we are changed, we do not change ourselves. Now, if you've been here for any amount of time, like, you know, I've said that to you like 400 different ways, as many different times as I possibly can. But we are changed. We do not change ourselves. The passage says that we are being transformed. Christianity is not a self-improvement project. We are the recipients, the responders. We are the participants in the work that God is accomplishing in us that only he can do, and then through us. That's why it's gospel transformation, not just transformation. It's transformation by Jesus Christ. It's transformation by Jesus Christ because he's the one who's accomplished for us through his life, death, and resurrection. It's gospel transfer. That's our justification. It's gospel transformation by Jesus Christ because it's by what he's made us into, by giving us his spirit, our sanctification, and it's gospel transformation by what he has promised to us. That one day... Incomplete as we are, and certainly will be even by the end of our days, that he will make all things right with us and in us, our glorification. So we are being transformed, and it says at the end of the verse, this being transformed, this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So since I haven't seen you in a week, I'm assuming you, you probably went from last week to this week, and you're trying to do a bunch of stuff again and trying to earn something. And I have good news for you. He must do it in you. We must be changed. We cannot change ourselves. It, it comes from the Lord. And that we will remind you of as often as we can. So we're changed. We are not changing ourselves. And what are we changed? We are changed into the image of Christ. Like if you woke up this morning and you're not sure what your life's supposed to be about, like where am I heading? Like, where am I going? What's, what's the thing that's supposed to be happening by the end, by the time I'm done here or by the time I'm done today? Well, I got really good news for you. This tells you. Beholding, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image. The entire purpose, direction, thrust of your life is to become more like Jesus. That's what you're being transformed into. And as we said, that's in process now, and it will one day be fully so, God is glorified in us as we become more and more like Jesus in word and thought and deed 
and in our affections. And thirdly, we're changed by an ongoing process. Christianity does not work like a credit card. You cannot charge all of it at once. The verse says, not having beheld once, but ongoingly beholding, regularly beholding. It's an ongoing process over time, gazing at Christ through his word, engaging with him in prayer and hearing back from him, being loved by his bride in community, receiving from his body and from his blood in communion, and serving him, as he says in Matthew, when you serve them, you serve me. So serving the, him by serving the least and by serving the neighbor, the near one to us. So that is the mission of Roswell Community Church, to glorify God by pursuing gospel transformation through Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's our purpose. And so what is the process of gospel transformation as reflected in God's church? Well, we see it as three elements in one whole. Worshiping together, to worship together, to engage in community, and to live on mission. To worship together, to engage in community, and to live on mission. Now, I'm, I've been around church for a little, little while, so I pretty much know that there's nothing new under the sun. And um, but one of the amazing things about me, and I'm sure it's potentially true of you, is that there's natural drift. There's a way of saying, what, what are we about again? What, how do I know that I'm actually moving towards, that I'm engaging in the process of becoming more like, how do I, what, is, what does it look like? And so we feel like it's really important to talk through a, a model, a mission model that articulates and clarifies it. So, so worship together. When we talk about worship together, we're talking about everything that happens here on a Sunday morning and more. From hearing the word preached, as is happening right now, which incidentally on our survey, you guys rated as a nine out of 10 as far as significance of impact in your life. Now, I understand that, you know, God used a donkey sometimes to bring change in people's direction. So I want to put that, but... But nine out of ten, you've rated as, okay, this is significant in how God is bringing about spiritual transformation in our life, which, in your life, which is good news. It's true for me. It also means uh, corporate praising and worship of God. I know. This is not rocket science. It's singing songs with words in them that point to the reality of who God is, to the reality of what he's accomplished for us, which is why when we sing, it's important to pay attention to what the words are saying. It's why we do liturgy. It's why we read scriptures to let the word saturate us. It's corporately praising and it's participating in the Lord's Supper. It's taking the opportunity to regularly be guarded and invigorated by the beauty of what this is. As you come face to face with Christ and are, and are led to, drawn to, pointed to the most true thing in the grace of God for you. You need it. I don't know what else to tell you. We need it. But it involves more than just what happens on a Sunday morning. It also involves the walking together, and in, in for us, in the rhythm of the church calendar. Intentionally taking hold of seasons of preparation, seasons of ministry, seasons of repentance, and seasons of celebration. Seizing them, taking advantage of the resources and, and the disciplines, and weaving those into the personal time that you have with God. Allowing those rhythms to become some of the rhythms of your very soul, as you echo the movement of the church. It means continuing to memorize your catechism. 
so that we would have a, a common sense of faith and doctrine. And as we worship, we're in agreement. There's a sense of nodding. Yes. And, and maybe what it means more than anything, it means fighting to be here on Sundays. I know. I know I'm a pastor. Like, this is my gig. I want you here. Like, I'm not, this is not how it works. It's true. I want you here. But I don't want you here for me. I want you here for you. I am convinced, first of all, that Satan is never going to oppose you reading the news on Sunday morning. I promise you that. Like, he's totally cool with that. But you getting here is opposed. I, I know. I mean, like, the stories I hear, the stuff that goes down in y'all's homes, families, and drives here, it's something. <laughs> but God has something particularly unique for you when you come here. When the rhythm of your life is woven into the rhythm of God's work in you. You need it. You need to worship together. Of that I am certain. And then we must, we get to participate, to pursue gospel transformation as we engage in community. And we talk about this a lot, so I'm just going to be brief on this, but our goal is to build and to foster committed communities. Groups of men and women who are willing and eager to stir up the life of Christ in each other, listening to the Spirit, seeking to bring about in each other and in yourself the, the very holiness of character that God invites us into, stirring that love for one another that does not come naturally, especially with the quirky people in y'all's community group, and encouraging each other in mission and saying, what's going on? How is God moving you, and how does he want to continue moving you forward? And these are communities that, that, that are to be marked. One of the things that Jesus talks about when he talks about communities of Christians is that they should stand out. They should be marked by a culture of courage and, and curiosity, of safety and vulnerability. They should be set apart as, as ways to live with a sense of, of deep accountability and intentionality and yet incredible humility. And then they begin to be a fragrance, just like we read earlier. This fragrance of God to one another and to the world. So to become more like Jesus, this is like 101. To become more like Jesus, like you have to be engaged in a community. You have to have people sharpening and challenging you. It must be a part of it. And the reason we chose the word engage in community is because participate in community is not the same thing. Community will not happen to you. Can I just say that? Like it's not just going to like fall on you. You enter it. You engage it. You fight for it. And in the fighting, in the wrestling, it begins to blossom and to bear fruit that you never could have imagined. Loved ones, we must engage in community. Third, to live on mission. Now, obviously, we're right in the middle of our banner inaugural series on uh, life on mission. And we're talking a lot about what it means, and we've talked through the definition, and we'll be back to that. But, but I want to I clarify one side aspect for us as a church, that, that the role of the church with regards to life on mission is not to become a thing or a side thing. Like, it's not to become a soup kitchen, or it's not to become an after-school program. That's not what the church's role in in life on mission I'm going to read this because I think it's very important. We don't want to call you to our thing. We want to equip you to respond to God's things for you. 
We don't want to call you to our thing. We want to equip you to respond to God's things for you. To that end, for the foreseeable future, we are not going to be initiating any new or particular ongoing local mission emphasis like we did in the past with Low Lane. Now, does this mean that the, we, will we rally as a body behind particular moments, particular circumstances, initiatives that arise? Of course we will. But by and large, our desire is to grow our ability to equip and support you in discovering, engaging, stewarding, and stepping into the life on mission that God has prepared for you already. And that's true for you. That's true for you and your family. That's true for you and the group of people that God may be drawing around you or that you may be joining either in this body or outside of it. And by the way, as we're learning, this is way harder than like having a couple things to do. It's not, it's not nearly as difficult. It's not easy, but it's not nearly as difficult to be able to say, hey, you know what we're about here? We're about this thing over here and this thing over here. So everybody, I don't care if you want to do this or not. This is what we do here. So on this date, you're going to be there, right? Right. That, that's, that's what you're left with, right? We're left with, like, we decide what our thing is going to be, and you get to participate. And, and, and the longer we've thought through it, the more we've processed it, the less, we've, the less we believe that that's what we're called to. We've become convinced that the reality of the mandate to the leadership of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that means not that you're on your own. It means that it's our job to do everything we can to help you figure it out to help support you as you wrestle through it, to try and gather you together in the best way we can so that you can continue to move on mission. But that's, that's our role. It's not to create a thing. It can't be to create a thing. Our mandate is to equip for, not primarily to rally about. Now, does this mean that we would never take on a particular corporate environment in the time? No, no, that's not true. We're not, we're not closing any doors. All we're saying is this is that for now, we're wanting to listen to God and continue praying and being open to whatever he would have. God does whatever he wants. You, you do know that, right? Like, he does whatever he wants. And so if he's going to take us in a direction that we weren't anticipating, you know what? We're going to go that way. But for now, our energy, emphasis, and direction is going to be to equip. And this is what we're convinced of, is that things could shift along the way, but, but right now, already, we believe fundamentally that God has already prepared, sown, and is whispering to you, if he hasn't already, some of the very things that he's wanting you to step into right now. Like that, that doesn't have to be figured out at all. That, that is afoot already in your life. So, we pursue gospel transformation by worshiping together. Go to the big pretty one. There we go. Engaging in community and by living on mission. Prayer and scripture. This whole process, this whole process, this model for pursuing gospel transformation is and must be undergirded, interwoven, encircled, and saturated with two essential fundamental practices. That's scripture and prayer. We believe that through scripture, we get to know what God has said. The word, the word is the bedrock of what is true. It tells us the reality of what is, what is true about God, what's true about us. It is the bedrock foundation. Without it, we wouldn't know how to worship. We wouldn't know what it was like to love one another. We would have no sense in any way, shape, or form what our life is supposed to be about. It's what God has said. 
but also through prayer, which is what God is saying. And some of what it looks like to have communion with God by, by being responsive to him as we allow our hearts to be raised up to where he is and allow him to speak his will into our lives. And they're like dance partners. They go together. And so our desire and our hope is for those things to saturate every aspect of, of worship together, of, of engaging in community and living on mission, that no aspect of it should be devoid of or missing the reality of Scripture or, or of prayer. So if you're here on Sunday mornings, you may notice we use a little bit of Scripture, just a little bit. It's in between the songs. It's, we have readings. It's everywhere because we believe it should saturate because it's the foundation. It's the bedrock. We actually think there's power in it, crazy power. And we want to call you and invite you to prayer, live a, a life of wild faith through your prayer life. That you would know him intimately and trust him deeply. So, what do we about at RCC? We want to bring glory to God. To our good Father, our mighty King. And we want to do so that by, by becoming different people that resemble Jesus little bit by little bit by little bit more. The kind of people that, that are doing so by coming and being together in worship and allowing the work of God to happen here and in the process that, that come from here. By choosing to be with people and allowing them to refine you and change you. And by stepping into the very things that God has prepared for you. That's, that's what we're about here. So, this is the time of the service where if this is not what you want to do, you may go. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> wait till the end. It's just awkward, you know? Also, if you have to go to the bathroom in the next few seconds, I apologize because everyone's going to be like, okay, I guess, I guess they're out. So how do we, how do, we do this? How, do we, how are we going to lead the mission of Roswell Community Church? How, how are we going to do that? Well, I want to throw up the, um, the structural graphic here. Um, I know it might be a little bit tough to see in the back some of these, these bottom ones. Um, but this is, this, is the, uh, this is kind of the staff leadership organization structure that we're, that we're moving towards. Um, a lead pastor, that's still me. Um, I'm going to continue in my role in providing strategic vision, direction to the body. I'm also going to be uh, preaching about 40% of the time now, um, which is about 20 to 22 Sundays Sundays a year. Um, also going to continue giving, obviously, strategic direction to the staff as we help equip you guys for the work of the ministry. So that, that remains as is. Um, underneath there, we have worship together pastor, engaging community pastor, and live on mission pastor. Oh, look at that. It's like it's connected. Do you see what happened there? Okay, let me walk you through what that means. We talk about worship together, pastor. Now, let me clarify one thing. We don't know who this is yet. <laughs> but I guarantee you that dude's wearing some plaid. <laughs> like if we have to buy it for him. All right, next slide. No, I'm kidding. 31% um, of you on the survey expressed, like, what are some of the most significant challenges that are facing us in the next three years? 31% of you put some form of teaching pastor or future pastor or future teaching pastor or whatever, you know. Um, and, uh, and so it's in the air, right? I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. And, um, and so I want to kind of bring you where we've been is we've had, we've had to do a lot of thinking about what this was going to look like and mean. We know where we've come from, but we had to think very clearly about what's the clarity around this role? What is it going to mean? How is it going to function? So, there's been a little bit on a pause, but, but no longer. We are now in full motion forward. There was a cool phrase I had somewhere in my notes about going forward with full intention. That's what we're doing. Um, and, um, and it's exciting. 
We're committed, um, as you know, to a plurality of, of teachers and preachers at, at Roswell. We believe, and actually you confirmed that in, in, the, uh, in the survey, which by the way, if you lied, sorry, like we're actually listening to what you're saying. Uh, but you confirmed actually with uh, eight out of 10, eight, not eight out of 10, yeah, eight out of 10 satisfaction on having plurality of voices. So I don't know if it's like, <laughs> One of the jokes I made with one of the elders, I said, well, maybe they like none of them, but at least you have a different taste of bad ones all along. I don't know if that's the case, but, but all I know is this, is that, um, is that we're committed to it. We're committed to a plurality of voices from the pulpit to preach the word of God to you. And so this particular role uh, is going to shoulder also about 40% of the preaching, um, and, uh, which is, again, about 20 to, 25, 20 to 22 times a year. Um, also, uh, the role have broad oversight over what goes on here on a Sunday morning, the worship together. See that? Responsibility based on the title. And, uh, and also over all the equipping environments of kind of the direction and the future of how we're going to develop and implement all the, the, the arenas of, develop, of equipping at Roswell, which includes things from the current Marriage 101 that's going on right now to future things like prayer and, and stewardship and um, even, even a Life on, on Mission Discovery course. So like, that will be some of the responsibilities that, um, that, this, that this role, this pastor will have. So um, we're on our way. Apparently, we're even thinking about forming a committee, which we've never had a committee here before, to my knowledge, at least not in my time. And so I'm going to call it a team because I don't think we should have church committees. It just sounds bad. Um, <laughs> but next, we, uh, we're going to... We've moved um, into, into a season where, and we've been looking and do, to do this for a long time, is, is to have someone who's going to oversee engaging community, a community pastor, um, which, by the way, the title or role of the, other pers- of, the, of the other pastor is not worship together pastor, because that's just a little strange. It's, it's uh, teaching and equipping pastor. So that's the actual official title. Um, but I just, uh, I want to say something. Uh, starting back in, I think, about March or so, uh, Clark Collins stepped in as an interim um, community pastor, and he's done an amazing job of laying some foundations and providing a tremendous amount of clarity. One thing that Clark does well is clarity. Um, and he's helped us to kick, move the ball down the field in ways that, honestly, I can't imagine what we would have done without him. Um, and so I just want to say thank you. Um, as we transition to a permanent role, um, we've asked Mike Brown, um, to step in and to step up to lead the engaging community uh, environment as we head forward. So he's going to be responsible for all the elements of training community group leaders, of, of coaching the process of challenges in the midst of all those things, and, and also the entire assimilation to membership processes, all the things that involve the community at Roswell. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Where are you, Mike? Oh, there he is. So, um, and... Uh, and here's the cool thing. Uh, my, God's been equipping and preparing. He's been, um, he's been forging stuff with Mike that is making this a really great timing for God, for God to lead him to step into this, this new role for us and, and with us. So really, really excited about that. Now, if you logically go, okay, if Mike's not in youth, then who's going to do youth? Um, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, as Mike steps into this uh, community pastor role over the summer, it's going to leave a gap in, in the youth ministry environment. So we're excited to announce that um, Michael Panyard has been, well, after seven years of a, being the key youth volunteer um, with Mike, uh, he's agreed to step in and play the role of, uh, of youth director uh, going forward. So I think they announced it to all the students on, on Sunday, and I think there were tears and cheers is what I heard. So um, the combination of tears for you, Mike, not cheers for you. Um, <laughs> But, um, but one of the things I just want to say about Michael real quick is um, Michael loves Batman, and, and we don't hold it against him. But, um, but one of the things that's amazing about Michael is that he loves God, 
which for me, that's what I look for. I look for people who are like, man, you, you smell like Jesus. Even when you like Batman, I mean, I, you, you smell like Jesus. And so, one, that's true. And the second thing that's really true is that he's a learner. And the third thing is that he has a passion for students. He wants students who are going to navigate this really messy time of teenagerdom. He wants them to become more like Jesus, even in the midst of all that challenge, even in the midst of all that mess. And so I'm really excited about him taking the shepherding role with the students and taking the leadership role with the amazing core of youth coach volunteers that are already in place. You all rock. Um, all right, so if you've paid attention to the screen, you realize that we have, we're still missing on the far right, we have Live on Mission, Pastor. Um, so yes, you have paid attention indeed, and uh, we have no idea. That's one of, those, uh, that's one of those, um, those things that was, in light of what the structure and the emphasis and the things we're wanting to pay attention to and focus on, that we've put, put a placeholder there to say this is going to be a really important role, but we're still in formulation process. We're still trying to get a sense of what that even looks like for us as a body. So for now, Mike and I are going to be kind of shouldering the moving the life on mission process forward. Uh, Mike's going to continue overseeing all of global missions, including short-term ministry stuff, short-term trips, and missionaries. Um, and we're going to kind of forge ahead and then potentially in time find ourselves looking at what that role could mean for the future. So right now, it's a placeholder. It's an important placeholder because it's an important pivotal arena for us. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the people. Um, one of the questions that is asked at every newcomer event, pretty much, and that um, <laughs> we've always had an incredibly nebulous answer for uh, has been, so what's our future facilities-wise? Like, what's, what's the plan? Like, we're, how are we going to move ahead? What is, yeah, what is the plan? So when you're looking at facilities um, to live out the mission of a church, you kind of have to think in three different arenas. There's three different ways, okay? There's, I mean, there could be more, but this is pretty much the basics. You can either borrow, you can lease, or you can own. So you can own, which means, you know, like you break ground or you buy something, and then, like, it's yours, like, and you're there, and that's your permanent space. Uh, or you can lease, which is like what we're doing with the commons now, but in this case, it, it, we're talking probably about, about the full comprehensive, more like when we went to Eagle's Nest. Everything happens there, but it's not their building. They're leasing it in the midst of the environment of Roswell. And then there's borrow, which is what we're doing right now, which is we have a little bit of space over here, and then we kind of like, we crowd in on here on Sundays, but we're not allowed here on Tuesdays. And, um, and so that's, that's the borrow model. It's the, uh, we, we call it the nomadic model. Um, and they have been, I just want to say, there's been really great things about us borrowing, by the way. It's been a real gift. God has used both this place and even back in the day when we were at, at, at the other place. Thank you, Cottage School. It's like wherever that place was. <laughs> the ceilings were really low, so I just, I, I, like, I wiped it from my memory. But, um, like, this has been a real gift. God has provided for us in incredible ways. Um, but as we discussed as a board and looked fundamentally at what we're about and how do we want to see the mission of Roswell move forward, uh, we've actually kind of landed specifically and intentionally on, on B, on lease, um, which for us takes us from a place of saying we're, we're not locked in, we're not buying a piece of property that gets us here and we can't move or transition or shift, but we want to have a place where we're rooted, that, that's home, where we can make things beautiful, and where we can have intentionality with the community in ways that we can't here. So in a sense, if you want to look at it as kind of an expanded commons version, where we would be able to have these kinds of gatherings, like a Sunday morning gathering, and then all, all kinds of arenas of ministry within it. That's, that's the trajectory. If you're going to say that's where we want to go, like that's the direction we're heading from now. In the past, we've said, well, right now we're borrowing, and 
I don't know, maybe we'll borrow for 20 years. Um, so let me talk about the timeline real quick, because um, these are the questions that are naturally going to come. Right now, we have about three and a half more years on our contract, on our lease and at, uh, at the Commons. And we have about, about well, a little less than two, three and a half years. We have about two and a half years left in our six-year contract here. And so um, what, what that means for us is that somewhere, and then after our lease runs out here, we can like month to month it, you know? Um, so, which, <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, so that, what that means is somewhere around the two and a half year to three and a half years is when we would like to try and make a movement towards having our place, having a place that we can land, plant and root in and, uh, and begin to go out from and gather into. So that's, for us, that's to, to put a stake and say, this is where we want to head and this is the direction. Obviously, we're talking a, a real, there's a window here. Like, we're going <laughs> to get comfortable because we're going to be here a little while. But, but man, two and a half years goes by like that. <laughs> so before we know it, that's where we'll be. And we just wanted you to know that that's, that's how we see God leading us and, and directing us. Um, and it's as though God was trying to confirm our decision. Um, I got a call two weeks ago that informed us that because of the exciting uh, work that's going to be done on the school this summer, uh, they're shutting the building for nine weeks. I'm sorry, you must not have heard me. <laughs> nine <laughs> weeks. So yeah, that's, that was pretty much what I said on the phone. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> nine weeks? Yeah, so nine weeks. Um, so fear not. We're working on all kinds of plans. But, but if anything, and just like it was on January 8th when, you know, there was no snow, but we weren't allowed to be here, or no ice and we weren't allowed to be here, this is some of the, some of the challenges of borrowing, right? When someone, when someone gets to say, you don't get to stay on the couch for the summer. You know, you, you got to go. Um, so we are, fear not, we are in the process of looking at things. But I want to go ahead and throw out the dates on here so you have a sense of what we're looking at. Uh, we have nine weeks, and so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna choose to put our, our baptism Sunday there. We're just going to make the most of it. <laughs> so, you know, the Lord said, it was, I'm thinking this is when we're doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, so from June uh, through July, you know, the hottest, most uncomfortable months of the year, uh, we were going to be elsewhere. So our two primary arenas that we're looking at right now are, one, we're, we're touching base with other, other elementary schools that are kind of in the general vicinity here to see if we can kind of pick up and, and transition over there. Uh, it's not a small deal, but it's, it's a possibility. So we're investigating that route. And the other route we're investigating is, um, is the prospect of, <laughs> you ready? Uh, getting cozy and creative at the commons. You know, kind of like, you know, like you, you, your sewage backs up in your house and you put a tent outside and your whole family comes like that, you know, um, but it's not actually that, that way. We actually feel like there's some real possibilities there for us to split into kind of a two service thing, bring in some food trucks during the summer, something creative. So we're looking at creatively potentially doing a two service thing at the commons, which is our place, right? It'd be fun. <laughs> yes. Also, if anyone has a really, really large house, you know, like if <laughs> just... Just kidding. So that's the plan. So those are all the uh, those are all the the surprises, the opportunities, and the gifts that God has given us um, as He continues to lead us. And uh, it's really helpful to be able to clearly say this is this is some of, this is some of what we're heading. We know what we're about. We know what we're asking and pleading and longing for God to do in us and through us. And here's some of the manifestations and ways in which we're going to try and live out that mission. 
And, and some of what that means is somehow we've got to also fund the mission. And so I want to kind of give you just an update as to where we are on, on a, from a financial standpoint. As of right now, as of Janu end of January, which is halfway through our fiscal year, uh, we're about 55,000, um, 54.5 behind um, in, in our monthly uh, monthly giving. So what that means is about nine, we're about 9,000 a month behind on any given month. And, and that's a real deal. Like, uh, I want to say two things. One, as a board, like we're committed to moving forward with vision. We're, co we're committed to heading forward in direction. And, and we actually feel very clear on what that looks like and means. We also know that like, that's not something you wish to be. We pray to that end. But, but we must have you. you mu we must participate in this together. We must make the mission happen together. It doesn't happen by accident. So I'm just going to say, if Roswell Community Church is the place in which God meets you and, and impacts you and, and brings change to you, to your family, is, is challenging you in arenas that you wouldn't be before, then, then engage in the mission by giving. Participate in what God's doing here and then in, in us, through us, by supporting the work of the church. I, I, you, you, let me say this as clear as I can. It's a good thing to give. God, in his kindness to you, says, I want you to know there's something really good that I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you to give. So I, I want to invite you and call you to be generous. If you give already, if you're already contributing to the mission at Roswell, then I want to encourage you to, to reflect and see if there's more. I've, I've always hated talking about money. And you know what's so funny? Like, I don't feel that anymore. Like, what we do here matters. Like, really good things happen. I'm looking at some of, these some of your faces, and, and, and I'm like, you know, like, y'all's marriage wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for what's happened at this place. Like, some of your spiritual transformation that I've seen happen in you, like, the reality of, what's the, of moving, having your first two, three children and, and seeing God work in their heart, like, it happens in our midst. I'm seeing some of you guys being on mission in ways that's so incredibly exciting. And we get to gather together and tell those stories to one another and send each other back out. Like, that's what we do here. And it matters. It really matters. The message that comes from this church is beautiful and good. And we need you to be a part of it. So if you're not, jump in. If you already are, reflect, give more. We need you. There's a tangible future that God has prepared for us. And I am so excited about it, what it looks like. I'm certain that he's about the work of doing the kind of changes in each of you that we could never have imagined and we get to step into it, to participate in it, and to trust him to do the work. And that, that's really good news. Because it's not up to you, and it's not up to me. It's not up to a staff structure. It's not up to what building we'll be in. It's not those things. Like, he will lead the way. As I'm reading through the Bible again, I'm, I'm in the section where God's leading the people of Israel with a, with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. I just, the imagery of that is so powerful that, that when it's dark, you need light. And when it's day, you need to know where to go. And God is there the whole time saying, this is the way. And said, when the cloud stopped, they stopped. And when the cloud moved, they moved. Like, that's the kind of church I want to be. I want to be the kind of church that says, when you move, we move. And when you say to stop, we stop. That's, that's our longing. That's our desire. That's actually what I long for for you and your heart and your life. So here we go. I think I even put a slide up. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> In case you missed the words. <laughs> but seriously, like, we're doing this because God's called us into it, and it is good. So I'm going to ask, um, actually, all the elders. I'm going to have all the elders come up, and um, I'm just going to ask one of y'all to, 
Greg, are you praying? To just pray over all the things that, that, has been, that have been laid out here. Um, and I want to ask you to stand and to pray with us since we are Roswell Community Church. So um, anyway, so Brick, will you lead us in prayer? Thanks, Pat. Father, we are grateful, and we will take your instruction to Israel and remember how you have brought us thus far and what you have brought us through, and that we are here because this is your church. Father, we, we praise the, um, the vision that you have uh, laid here for us, and we ask for the courage and the strength and your spirit to embrace it. Be with us now as we go forward. Be with us now as we are one church and one community mm. in one spirit, striving together in the unity of peace. Mm. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to come to the table in just a minute. Um, but I want to do is, is to remind you that Christ died to, yeah, you can say it, sorry, that Christ died to make this possible. That the very work of Christ on the cross, he died for these moments like this, like foreseeing this reality. And so it's through his body and blood that we get to reflect on the magnitude of his work for us. And so now as we come forward looking to the future and trusting that the things he's done all along, that he will continue to do them, that's something we come to remember as we come and take the body and the blood. Remembering the most fundamental thing that was accomplished for us is finished. And so it is well, and we can move forward with confidence and peace. So we're going to sing one song, and I just want to invite you to let kind of all of this simmer down, how it relates and impacts you, how God is actually calling and moving in you, and reminding you where you're heading. You're heading to come and receive the grace of Christ Jesus and his body and blood. So take this song, let God do his work in you, thanking him for his gift of the church that he purchased through his blood, and then we'll come and we'll receive the elements.